Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. This is a Thursday night preview edition. I'm starting to like these episodes on Thursday night. Getting close to the kickoff, close to the game, getting me hyped up. Um, Sundays aren't fun because we lose most weeks, but Thursdays are fun because I still have optimism. So TJ Pittenger alongside Richie Barnes and Freddie Stevenson. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? I'm doing well. No complaints. How are you feeling, Richie? I'm feeling good, man. Freddie, you're back in Florida. I'm happy to hear that, man. You're right down the road from me on the I-4 corridor now. Oh, yeah. I got You know I got to pull up to your spot. Burns, man. See what it's talking about. Yeah. I'm going to be over there shortly. Let's go. <laughs> um, Yeah. How long are you in town for, Freddie? Shoot for a little bit. I, I got to go back up there in a, a few weeks, so we'll see. Oh man, we got to get together if you're in town though for a week or two. Like we got to get, we got to go do something. We'll meet in Lakeland. Make yeah, uh, meet, let's hit that barbecue yeah, place. Spot. It is. It's easy for Freddie, and it's halfway for me and uh, Richie. There's a barbecue place there called Moho Federal. I don't know if you guys have been to it or not. Excellent barbecue, excellent bourbon selection. Um, downtown Lakeland, and I'm all about barbecue. So obviously, this being a food podcast, we uh, we all enjoy us some. <laughs> some food um speaking of food double fries no slaw brought to you by guthrie's in tallahassee you can visit both their locations at 1818 west tennessee street and 2550 north monroe we got tagged in another tweet today um uh, somebody went through guthrie's yes. drive-thru saw the double fries no slaw sticker um now it's like the perfect place for like our little advertisement to be because people are in their car right like the most listened to place that people listen to podcasts um so appreciate the fans that continue to show us love continue to tag us with guthrie's Continue to tag us when you go get your gut boxes, or if you go get the generic gut boxes like uh, Freddie has to out in Texas, then uh, tag us in those too. But appreciate Guthrie's for their support. I love getting these FSU legends on and hearing them talk about Guthrie's. Um, so go back and listen to our show with Corey Simon from Sunday. Go back and listen to Devin Travis talking about it last Wednesday when we had him on. Um, seems to be my favorite question that we ask. And if you can, if you're watching this, if you can share it, if you can like it, if you can retweet it, if you can tag a friend on Facebook, on Periscope, on Twitter, YouTube, wherever you are catching it, if you can do all that, we'd appreciate it. And then we've got some cool stuff coming up this weekend. We're going to be in the game day chat again. We've got the game day pickums. We're going to go over ours in just a minute, but that's all kind of done through our Patreon. So hit patreon.com slash double fries pod. And we would appreciate that as well. Um, now I'm out of breath right now, but let's uh, let's jump into the show, Richie. What do you got for us first? Man, I I guess we'll go right into the pickums for last week. And man, I, we we want our Patreons to win, right? But that's what we want. But our, our producer Harlan's making that hard on him, man. The, the, the guy went seven for seven last week. What, what's going on there? Yeah, I'm just you know I had a slow start, but um. Richie kind of, you know, came off and tried to tell me how I didn't know how the Bucks were going to be average. And I just had to show him, you know, I know my, I know my football, so I had to come out strong. Yeah, man, and you, you certainly came out strong last week. So for people that don't remember, we picked uh, seven games last week: Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Texas, Oklahoma, um, Louisiana Monroe Liberty, Florida versus the Jimbo's, Tennessee versus Georgia, Miami. Clemson and Florida State Notre Dame. So obviously Harlan, you got all those right. We'll leave that alone. Uh, me and TJ both got five right. And based on the, the picks that was that were inputted, Freddie, man, you, you got one out of seven. What's going on, Freddie? I don't know, man. I might. Hey, we may have to start a 
a boogie line with Harlan, 1-800-X-Harlan, because he, he hitting right now. <laughs> I've been struggling with I was the boogie, jo- man, but it sounds like Harlan the man with the plan. I don't know. That's we- what I'm saying. I was joking. Like, we have our top-tier Patreon level. I'm like, we need to give Harlan's pick away to only our top-tier Patreons, because uh, clearly he's the uh, – you know he's the sharp in this group. Let's not do uh, that. I'm not. I'm not on board for that. <laughs> not yet. He'll crack when there's pressure. When there's pressure like who yeah. was it? Was it Jeremy or whoever it was that he won? And then next week got like one or two right. So that Michael, the pressure, Harlan. I'm interested to see what you do this week because the pressure's mounting, man. You, you won. I think you got five out of seven last week and seven out of seven this week. That, that's what we call a heater in Vegas. Fourteen or twelve out of. 14 in the past two weeks so let's jump right into this week or when so we, we all watched we the game well i don't before know if we, we watched it but we all saw parts of it right give, give me just a second before we go before we go the actual winner because harlan's not a patreon the yes. actual winner was my guy sean prigdon who won the first week he was the first guy that came on and was the guest with us he actually won he didn't get i think he got six and seven he didn't get seven and seven but he got six and seven so harlan did beat him but because sean's the actual pitch he just couldn't make it on the show tonight Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to Sean. He also Absolutely. said that, um, he likes the Knowles by six this weekend. So, um, oh. he's not putting yeah. all the picks. We don't have time for all that, but shout out Sean likes FSU minus six. And then now we can go. Sorry for interrupting you. I just, I would have forgot that at the end of it. And then yeah, no, and Sean, he, he's <laughs> been with us since the start, I feel like. So definitely shout out to him. A big, big time appreciation, but we're going to start this week and we'll start with the, you know, Mr. Perfecto over here. I'm curious. I, I have my pick. I might change it after I hear what he has to say. But Pittsburgh is giving 10 and a half points at Miami. I feel like we've seen this story before. Miami starts the season strong. They play a formidable opponent. They collapse. And then they just start dropping games. Is that going to happen this week, Harlan? Or, or is Miami going to win by 11 or more points? 100%. So I got Pittsburgh on this. I mean, Clemson kind of showed everybody what they have to do. Florida State tried to do this and contain Derek King and make him throw the ball. Um, but I feel like Clemson showed Pittsburgh the formula for what they have to do, and I think Pittsburgh has enough talent on defense to cover this. So I'm going Pittsburgh. TJ? Um, I really like Miami to cover this, but I picked Pittsburgh online, and I picked them on the other podcast that I do these on, so I'll just roll with Pittsburgh <laughs> Uh, I'll be cheering for Pittsburgh, but I, I will say, I think Miami, I do think Pittsburgh has a lot of talent, but I think Miami's talent is just going to absolutely melee them and Pittsburgh won't get anything going on offense and, and Miami covers this late, but because I already picked, picked Pittsburgh, I don't want to have like one on one pod and one on the other. So I'll stay with Pittsburgh. All right. So we'll go for Mr. Hedges bet every chance he gets to Freddie Stevenson. He's going to give it to us straight. <laughs> He's not going to say I'm picking this, but I hope this or Freddie. Do you want it straight? Do you want it straight from Mr. One and seven himself? I mean, what do you, I mean, they, hey, they, man, you, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm back in Florida. So it may be you know, something in that Florida border. It was that so, time zone. I think on Miami, they're going to cover this week. I don't think Pitt has enough offense to compete with Miami. I think Miami covers like, so I struggled with this one, right? Because uh, obviously we know Miami's history. They lose a game and they fall apart. Their leadership, uh, the, the group of leaders on their team are completely different, you know, as far as players go. So I could see them bouncing back. I really like Pitt's front seven. I know they, they struggled a little bit, but I think Clemson gave the blueprint on how to beat Miami. Like make Derek King throw the ball, right? The receivers aren't any good. 
if you let him sit back and run and throw short stuff all day, he's going to beat you. Man, I'm a big Pat Narduzzi fan. I think he he slows him down. I think Miami does win the game, but I'm taking the 10 and a half points. Uh, this next one is near and dear to TJ's heart, but also we're all ACC guys. Man, Liberty's favored on the road at Syracuse by three and a half. TJ, I'm going to burst your bubble right away. I'm taking Syracuse. I, I think the orange went outright. Uh, tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. I think... Um... You know, Syracuse is down a quarterback, but I just think that that talent gap of, you know, power five athletes compared to, you know, Liberty's FBS now, um, 1A, but very early in that, right, only their third year. Um, I do think Syracuse wins outright, um, but I thought I was going to get you I'm, on this one. I really did. But I, but I will say, I'm picking Liberty minus three and a half because I, I'm, oh, I'm not right. betting against my team. But I'm telling you, Mr. Hedges bets, I think I think Syracuse does win, but so, I'm not going to be the guy that picks So Syracuse. two games, TJ has picked four teams in two games, just for the record. Dude, I, I'm right, undefeated. Freddie, I'm going go undefeated this week. <laughs> Freddie, I know, uh, Freddie, I know you've been riding uh, Liberty t- in your bankroll. Yeah, Liberty, Liberty um, I'm, I'm big on Liberty, man. I know they're down the quarterback, but every time I need – somebody to come through for that money when I go to the bookie is Liberty. So just, just for them doing that, I got to, I got to show them some love. I'm going Liberty this right. week, man. Mr. One and seven is going Liberty. I'm not mad at that. Harley, <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, TJ made it less fun. I, I was hoping he was going to go all for Liberty, but um, I got to go Syracuse. This is just one I look at and just my, my gut tells me I got to go with Syracuse. That's what, that's what I'm going with. All right, so the next game, 2.30 NBC. We just faced these guys. You know, I think they were a little rusty. We talked about that 21 days off, but I think they're back into it now. We have Notre Dame, 16 and a half points that they're giving away to Louisville. Louisville has a terrible defense, but a explosive offense. What are we thinking? Let's start with Harlan. Yeah, so I've seen that Louisville defense play a few times, and I saw a rusty Notre Dame team run it straight down our throats. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Notre Dame covering here. I think it knocks some more rust off. I don't think Louisville's defense is good whatsoever, just like our defense. Um, I just don't think they can keep pace. I'm going Notre Dame. All right. Freddie? Yeah, I'm with Harlan on this one. I think Notre Dame covers easily. They start to get in more of a rhythm, and it gets ugly a bit later in the game. TJ? I like Notre Dame to cover here. No right. ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm yeah. sticking my neck on the line for one team. All right, I'll save everybody's time. That's four people on Notre Dame. The next one, I think this is where we might see some differential. And I don't know if this is CBS, just our group, or all of the CBS pick them. NC State is giving four and a half to Duke at home. 92% of people picking NC State. I like to be contrarian. The ACC is a funky season this year. I think Duke, I don't know if they went out right but I think four and a half might be too much. I could just be the only idiot that's saying, hey, that, that's way too many people on NC State. Uh, TJ, where are you at? NC State. All right. Freddie? NC State's hot right now. I like I like NC State. All right. Harlan? My new quarterback NC State rolled out there was throwing it all over the yard. I'm going with NC State. All right. So hopefully I can pick up a point on you guys on this one. I am in first place on the season for this specific pick em. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. We're going to skip Florida State for now. We'll go do that one last. This one, I'm really interested because the game of the week, and it just got a lot more interesting, guys. Alabama, Georgia in Tuscaloosa. 
Bama's giving five and a half. I'm not sure what the current spread is. These were Tuesday spreads when we have to set this picks by. But man, five and a half, no saving on the sideline is what I'm assuming. Freddie, what are you thinking? Georgia, either way. They can have saving. It don't matter. I'm taking Georgia. So so I have to ask you because I know what where I'm leaning. Is Georgia winning outright? Yeah, without a doubt. I think so too. So there's my bet. I'm also taking Georgia. I'm going to take the five and a half points, but I'm also going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line because I, I think they win this game outright. TJ. Yeah, go dogs. It's it's only dropped to four and a half. And I it's tough to tell if that's because Saban's out or just because a lot of money yeah. is coming in on Georgia. And so that moves yeah. it. Um, probably more than likely that. Like, how do you quantify Saban being out with one point? Um but I like I like Georgia to cover here. I think Georgia wins. I'm not as confident there, but I think they keep it close with that defense. Best defense in the country, and it's not close. All right. Mr. Perfecto himself, Harlan, where are you at? Yeah, y'all are crazy. Um, I think <laughs> Bama beats them by double digits. I know really? I'll get some I'll get some smack from this. I went play baseball at Austin State, I have a bunch of UGA fans that are really high right now on this game. Saban's out. This is their time. This is their time to beat Bama. I don't think it happens. I think Bama beats them by double digits. I'm taking Bama. Bold, right. then- bold prediction. Bold prediction. If they win this weekend in Tuscaloosa, they're winning the national championship. Like, I'm just going to tell you that. Like That's my bold prediction. If they win this one, the schedule lines up really easy. they got a cakewalk in Jacksonville. Um, they probably have to play Bama again in the SEC championship game, at which point I think um, – Georgia's offense is clicking even more than it is right now, right? With a new quarterback, and I've got Georgia yeah. winning it all if they win this weekend. So I just don't like Stetson Bennett. He's he's a poor man's Jake Fromm. I don't Jake Fromm couldn't. And, and Alabama won a lot of Alabama won a lot of titles with an amazing defense and a poor man's yeah. Jake Fromm back there handing the ball off. So I, I think guess they've what? got the, the recipe. Those, those Alabama teams weren't getting fifty hung on them. On, like old Miss, just yeah. oh man, we'll, we'll see. That that's the game of the week. I I, I hate that ours is on the same time. That's what I was I gonna say. I'm 32 in. years old, and like in college, it used to be the cool thing. Like you bring out the TVs from all the bedrooms in the house and watch them all together. I'm doing like I, I'm an adult now. All my TVs are hung on the wall, so I can't just grab one and put it next to it. And my wife is an Alabama fan, so so we got to figure out what we're doing with this TV situation in, in this next few days. Well, it ain't but, hard it, if, if Florida State started tripping. Let's watch the Bama game. It's not all, well, but I, I'm the I'm the eternal optimist. Say Ban, or say UNC goes up 21-3. I'm like, well, all we need is a touchdown. Then it's a two score game. So I got to keep nah, watching. Not me. But, not me. I'm the other side of that. But I'm I, like, ooh, but no, we, we, we will have <laughs> no, we we will have an extra extra TV for this because I'm not missing Bama Georgia. That man, that game. I thought Bama was, was going to be the game of the year. No, it's Bama Georgia. Georgia's defense. They they are scary. They are growing men. There's safeties look like linebackers man that team is scary but the reason why Guthrie's pays us in free extra sauce and double fries Florida State North Carolina Sam Howell the former Florida State commit signed with North Carolina nobody can blame him they're coming into Florida State in Dope Campbell Stadium they opened up as a 10 point favorite that quickly jumped to 12 and a half which is the line we're picking it's now at 14 because of some news we'll get to a little later um, so we picked this at 12 and a half. Oh, man, Harlan, UNC, do they win by 13 plus? Listen, the only game I've gotten wrong the last two weeks is going with my heart and picking Florida State. I was sitting there this past <laughs> weekend. My fiance's 
dad went to Virginia Tech. He's sitting there watching. Hold up, hold up. Brand new fiance. Congratulations, Harlan, our producer, now engaged as of this weekend. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm watching her dad cuss out this TV while UNC drives down the field and scores every single drive on Virginia Tech. And I'm sitting there going, (laughs) we play them next week, and I don't think our defense is better than Virginia Tech's. So I'm going with UNC. Sorry, no homer over here. TJ. Uh, I think you is what we're picking. Yeah, I think the Noles cover. Or I'm taking the Noles to cover. Is maybe the way to say that. No. Freddie, you think they cover? No, I don't think, I don't think we cover. I, I was watching the film from the last game, and we're running around blocks and stuff. Our discipline's all over the place. Then we struggled this game on defense. Yeah, we, we all remember last year, Bailey Hawkman, a, a former Florida State commit, comes into Tallahassee, just gets beat up the entire game. Florida State rolls in that game. I see the opposite. And I don't think Sam Howell's the one who beats us, and we'll get into that later. But I think North Carolina's going to cover the spread. Uh, Again, we'll get into it later. Tamari and Terry played a big decision in me picking for Florida State or against, looking at the spread specifically. I had North Carolina winning regardless. So where are we going from here, TJ? I mean, hopefully up, because at this point, um, (laughs) we're all kind of depressed. Um. So we have a guest on tonight. I don't mind killing a little bit of time before we get him on. Is he confirmed for 8 o'clock still? Are we good on that? Yeah, we're waiting to see. He's on putting his kids to sleep. So. Okay, cool. Leave. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about – well, before we get into that, um, tomorrow morning Freddie is going to have his – or if you're listening to this tomorrow morning, if you're listening to this Friday morning, um, check our check our YouTube. Um, actually, is this going to be a Patreon-only thing? This might be a Patreon-only thing. We'll see. We will put one or two plays out on the Twitter account, but if you want the full thing, the full fit, Freddie's extra sauce segment where he breaks down. What do you have in there today, Freddie? Five, six, seven plays? It's quite a few this week. Um, five or six plays where he's breaking them down, kind of giving you an inside look at that. Go to our Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Double Fries Pod, and check that out um, because we, Freddie and I are working on that. We got out a little bit late this week just due to some logistics stuff, Freddie coming back into – town here in florida but that'll probably be out a little earlier every week but check that out freddie's extra sauce segment um really good breakdown i'm excited to put that together tonight so that you guys will have that tomorrow morning um yeah, and i'll just i'll just say like i had no idea when you guys were recording it last week or anything but i saw it hit on twitter and i watched it on the end like this is really cool to get you know the perspective of a former player who played in an offense as complex as jimbo kind of breaking down these plays from his perspective I, I and you know Freddie, i'm not, not trying to make you embarrassed here or anything I, I i really enjoyed it and it was it was really cool as me you know doing the show with you every week it was just awesome to see and hear from a former player's perspective because obviously me and tj we're fans i think we're both knowledgeable fans and we can pick our own you know what, what we see throughout games but to get a perspective of a former player on a national champion championship team who played in such a complex offense i think that's a one of the coolest things and probably one of the best benefits for our Patreon members. Yeah. I mean, it's just insight that you really don't find other places. A lot of people get on there and and get online and do film review or they talk about this. They talk about that. Having a player that has played and competed at the highest level, won championships at Florida state uh, being part of that. And, you know, honestly, somebody that played both sides of the ball, right? Recruited as a linebacker yeah. and then came in and played on on the in the backfield as well. Um, you know, really not sure that you get that anywhere else. 
uh, to that level of, of detail. So check that out. It'll be on our patreon.com, patreon.com slash double fries pod. We'll put a little preview, maybe just one play um, on Twitter tomorrow, but then that'll link back to our Patreon so that you can check the rest of it out. Uh, for five bucks a month is, is what our Patreon runs. There's, there's four different levels, five, 10, 20, 50. Obviously you don't have to do any of the high levels, but for five bucks a month, less than a couple of, couple or two of coffee, um, get access to a lot of really cool stuff. I am excited to do another reaction pod on um, Saturday night. Um, hopefully in a little bit better mood this week. Um, we're going to get into our North Carolina thoughts here in just a moment, but excited to do that as well. Something that you kind of only get through our Patreon and our Discord. Uh, before we get our guest on, you know, let's go ahead and start talking about this North Carolina game. When he comes on, we'll kind of just join it and we'll keep rolling with him. But what, uh, you know, Richie, Freddie, what are you guys' thoughts about this game? Um, you know, we'll, I guess we can kind of start with the obvious elephant in the room, Tamari and Terry going down. Um, how do you see that impacting the game? He obviously just had his best game of the year uh, on Saturday against Notre Dame. But what are your thoughts going from there? Um, it takes away arguably one of the best deep threats in the country. Um, so it really hurts our offense, kind of limits us a little bit. Now we'll kind of be a dink and dunk team. Um, you saw you saw the explosiveness he has against Notre Dame. So in those situations, having a guy like that, that's critical, and especially against a team like UNC that's going to put up points fast. So we're going to have to – like like we said last week, we're gonna have to play the ball control game, keep the ball out of yeah. Sam Howell's hands, and we're gonna have to get the running game going this week. That's gonna be a major key to trying to pull the upset this week. We're gonna really have to get the running game going, especially with Terry being out. So we'll see how it goes, but him being out, that's a major hit to our offense. I agree, Freddie. Man, that's this is a score that I struggled to pick early in the week, and you know I had Florida State still losing but covering the spread. But Terry, to me, in this specific game, he's worth about 10 points um, because it, he may not get that long touchdown, but he may. But at the same time, if he catches a 45-yard ball down to the 10, that's just as good as a touchdown in this offense. 10's insane. 10's insane. What's that? 10, 10's a lot of points to put on him. No, I'm just saying, like, my prediction. Because, like, Vegas it, only put it up by, like, well, two. Right. Yeah, and like, I'll I mean, tell you why, because I think he's good for one explosive play that – could either be a touchdown or lead to one. And he's also good. You defend Florida state much differently with him off the field than you do with him on the field. Because you number five, like if you're in meeting rooms all week, early in North Carolina, find out where number five is. He's the only guy that can hurt us deep. Well, now he's gone. I think that's a huge deal. And I think I was originally looking at something like 42 to 31 and we'll get into our official predictions later. That's a lot of points to me, man. I think Terry changes the way you defend the field. And Jordan Travis, I love him, man. I think he is he is our quarterback for right now, and we need to be we need to ride with him. But I don't trust him to just sit back and pick apart a North Carolina defense that now has a full game and a half of film on him. I think that's a really big deal. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I, I think Terry being out is a huge hit to the offense. And I pray Mike Norvell, prove me wrong. Prove me you don't need him. You can scheme around it and show me what you can do. But I, I think that's such a huge blow that I was not expecting because he just had the best game of his career. Nine targets, nine catches, 146 yards in a touchdown on the road against a top five team. Like that's a performance. Like if I'm Samari and Terry, even though I'm just getting my knee scoped, I'm probably, all right, guys, I'm done. I'm going to go train for the combine. 
you see, go look at my film for my last game against the top five team. That's all you need to see. TJ, tell me why I'm wrong, man. I mean, Terry definitely changed the game. I think that assigning 10 points to him is it's aggressive. It's aggressive, it's but I'm way I'm too many. I understand the logic behind it, but again, you know, you know, when Jameis went out against Clemson, that spread didn't move by 10 points, you know? So like assigning yeah. 10 points to any one well, no, player, that's a huge is, number, but it's for yeah, me, it's more it's, for the, also the I, role I understand the, the logic in more three I, and outs is what I'm thinking. Sure. But I mean, look how many three outs we had that game that night with Sean back there playing, you know, like, <laughs> I get the logic. We, sure. we also had Eddie Goldman, um, <laughs> hell of a defense. A lot more players around it. Yeah. So, and Freddie Stevenson, who got the block on the game when he touched down. <laughs> Lead um, block. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, I totally get the idea there. What yeah. I will say is that Travis completed 17 passes, right? Uh, nine went to Terry. So, right. So half went to Terry. So there, there are other options. He completed a 31 part yard pass to Toa Philly. Uh, 22 yards worth of uh, throwing to Wilson. It's got to be other guys that step up, right? Thompson caught a pass. Douglas caught a pass. McDonald caught a pass. Webb out of the backfield. So it's just got to be that more guys step up. You've got a lot of weapons. He spreads the ball around a decent amount, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys caught passes. So you are taking away the best and the guy that accounted for half the yards, all the touchdowns, half the receptions, but you've got other options to go with. I also think you got to really lean hard on the running game. You know, Travis went for just under a hundred yards and Webb went for just under 60. And that kind of plays into one of our over-unders coming up here in a minute. But I don't think that I, I was picking UNC to win this game anyway, just more about the defense than the offense. But I think it just changes the way that Norvell has to scheme. And I think my confidence is more in the fact that obviously Terry was the focus last week. But like you said, Travis tried to bounce the ball around a bit, right? You said he only had, if Terry only had nine targets last week, Travis threw 31 passes, right? So 21 of those went to other, or 22 of those went to other people. Now, obviously you're going to have more drops. You're not going to have as much explosiveness because it's not Terry. But I think this really falls on Travis being able to move the ball around a little bit. And I'm sorry, Travis only had 24. Blackman had, um, I'll say, I thought it was 17. Yeah. Or 13 yeah. for 24. So nine of yeah. his 13 Blackman, passes went to Terry. Blackman went I mean, four or five. And I don't know who those four or five were to. I just like off yeah. the top of my head. So again, nine oh. of his 13 completions went to Terry. Terry didn't catch anything from Blackman. I mean, I think it's super no. important if you took no. one away. No, he didn't. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, it becomes on Norvell then to scheme around it. I mean, yeah. a bunch of other guys got in, got in the mix, caught passes, you know. So again, of our seven, you know, Travis may not have thrown them all of these other guys, but of our 17 catches, I mean, he had about half of them. Yeah. I don't know. Terry's obviously a massive, massive loss. We've got to be able to run the ball. And, you know, it honestly just comes down to getting stops. Well, TJ, I mean, let me, with let or me without right Terry, there. it comes down to getting stops. Yeah. Let, let me start you there, TJ. I think that's everything for Florida State this weekend. If we can run the ball, I think we have a chance. Because, like, if we run the ball, the clock is running. That limits possessions for North Carolina – and I know everybody wants to talk about Sam Howell. North Carolina ran for 400 yards against Virginia Tech last week. They have two really good running backs, and they run that same counterplay that Notre Dame just freaking blitzed us with last week. If I had any faith in our defense, I'd probably predict the upset this week. I just a question. don't have faith in the defense. Does losing 
Terry's explosiveness somewhat potentially not help, but complement what we need to do to keep North Carolina off of the field more, right? Limit the possessions that go to them. I'm not ever going to spend this as like losing Terry is a good thing, but if it makes us rely more on the running game, um, the scenario exists where if the running game gets going, we're not throwing 50 yard bombs to Terry who would eat this game and then giving the ball right back to Hal. I don't know. That's a, that's some really good spin by me. And I'm not suggesting think, that losing Terry is a good thing, but I think it could play out the right way. I think we defer to Freddie there. Cause man, Freddie, what? And it, it's not fair in 2013. Cause if you lose Rashad, you have Kenny Shaw and Kevin Benjamin. If you have lose one of them, you have the other ones, but say 2016, if you lose, you know, Travis Rudolph, you know, what does that do to a team's mindset when your clear-cut number one receiver goes down? I don't even think it's the mindset. It, it was just looking at the film, some of these guys aren't experienced route runners yet. Um, just when we get in short yardage situations and we need them to get open man-to-man, some of these guys, they're they're rushing their routes. Like, say you got a simple option route. Some of these guys, they're rushing their route, and they're not even selling, selling it, and these defenders are able to pick off of them. It was a play I'll go over. Um, on the film tomorrow, it was a simple rub route, and it's the play where um, Travis gets picked off. The receiver, of course, it's a rub concept, so you know you got to get outside, and we're on the goal line's third and goal, but the receiver, you have to sell it to the defender that you're running the option route. He has to have that threat of you beating him inside because they're trying to take that, that man-to-man, so they want they don't want to get beat inside when they don't have help. So the receiver – he, he pushes up and he kind of fades away from the defender. So immediately the defender knows, all right, he's not he's not attacking me inside, so I don't have to worry about that. And he's third and goal, he's drifting upfield, so he undercuts me. Some of these guys aren't really experiencing their route running, and that's what you lose with Terry. And so in these go-to situations, you don't know which guy you can count on. Yeah, and I, so there's a couple I, questions I have about I, I don't, UNC's personnel, but I think we're going to get those answers right now. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got a guest. Let's see if we can get – I had. A, I thought you were going to go on another thing. I was like, oh, man, I, I, he's been in here for who knows how I, long. I, I saw the text. I, I know he's ready for us. Very good. We have – and I don't know if the audio is connecting or the video is connecting, um, but from – hey, Jason, how's it going, man? Going well. How are you guys doing? What's our background here? Is this Hogwarts or what's going on back here? Yeah, and in, 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 in honor of uh, of Dilly's love of all things Hogwarts, I decided <laughs> that if we were going to do Zoom, I was going to go ahead and, and get into uh, into character for our for the Florida State offensive coordinator. I love it. I love it. So Jason Stables, Doc Stables on Twitter, uh, host of the Unconquered podcast, also contributes to Inside Carolina and the Wilson Times. I don't know if there's anybody better in the FSU yeah. Twitter sphere. F- whatever i don't whatever you call this bunch of miscreants that, that we all happen to be that is more in tune with fsu and carolina so it just i don't know that it could have made any more sense than to get you on tonight so thanks for hanging out with us how are you doing man i'm doing all right anytime you got two two kids under 18 months you're uh you're just chasing so Woo! right now I'm, I'm actually kind of relieved to be in a room with the door closed so this is a good excuse yeah oh man you're you're braver than i am so my daughter's 25 months and my son's four months uh, old tomorrow. So also young, but 218 is, is crazy. Yeah. And the, uh, to borrow, to paraphrase, uh, or actually just to quote LaMarcus Joyner, good luck with that Clemson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we have, um, we have a matchup this weekend against the number five team in the country. 
Um, North Carolina Tar Heels coming to Doug Campbell Stadium. First time they've been there since 2016. We all kind of remember how that went down. Um, how good is North Carolina? Are they the number five team? I mean, they are the number five team in the country because that's what the ranking says. But how good is North Carolina, though? Like, they're not number five, are they? You know, for me at this stage of the season, I think it's more fair to think in tiers rather than in actual rankings. Um, and, and when I look at when I look at the rankings, there are four teams that I mean, I know one of the four hasn't played a game. I'm just going off of roster and what they've done in prior years. But there are four teams that I think are just better than everybody else right now. And, and that's Clemson, Alabama, Georgia and Ohio State. I would say that those four I'm comfortable basically putting in a tier by themselves. Then when you start looking below that, every team has flaws. Every team has warts, and you start to say, okay, well, would I favor this team over this team? I don't know. you know. And when I start to do that, I think Carolina fits sort of in the middle of that second tier. They're definitely nowhere near the top tier. Like that, you know, they're not in the, you know, that the gap between four and five is bigger than the gap between, say, North Carolina at five and Tennessee at, I think last I checked, they were at 14th, something like that. Yeah. or 16th. And I don't know that I would, that I would favor North Carolina over Tennessee, but I wouldn't be surprised if North Carolina beat Tennessee. So I think that's kind of the way I'm in the country, but that they are outside of the realm of the teams that they can compete among when you're in that sort of five to 20 range. I think there's just a bunch of teams there that have, a lot of strengths and a lot of flaws. And I do think North Carolina might have the best offense in the ACC. Um, you probably are I, hearing I, some crying. I, in probably the one of the, the best follows <laughs> for me on Twitter. I call you Mr. Keep It Real because one thing you know about ball, that film doesn't lie. And you, the got sky, to, man. You, got, you got to see North Carolina and you got to see Florida State. And based off what you've seen, we kind of know have an idea what to expect from Florida State. But what issues does the North Carolina offense provide for a Florida State team defense that's struggling? And this offense of Florida State, can they get anything going against this North Carolina defense this week without Tamori and Terry there? So I'll take the second one first because I do think North Carolina's defense has a lot of flaws. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially since they they lost arguably one of their two best players uh, to a foot injury in the Boston College game, that's their their corner Storm Duck. Who every time I say that name, I just it's a great football name by the way. Freaking amazing, phenomenal football name. Football name. <laughs> I mean, kudos to his his mom who decided to name him that. But but he he's he's a legit. He was an All ACC caliber corner, uh, and it really hurts them defensively not to have him. They've got two good corners still, but one of them is only about ten months removed from an ACL surgery. So, and, and he's not running as well as, as what he did prior to the AC, ACL surgery. I mean, that's obvious when you watch him. That's Patrice Rene. He's a good corner, but I do think that, uh, that Florida State, and, and had Terry been playing, I, thought, I, I felt like they could probably get behind him. Um, and I think they've still got a couple guys that could potentially get behind him, and they will single cover a little bit with him just because they're going to need to to stop the run. The big issue that Carolina has up front or the big issue that their defense has is up front. They, they don't have a lot of players and they have a lot less depth even than they have players right now on the defensive line. They really only have three or four guys that they trust up there. 
And uh, and one of them is actually coming back. He missed last week against uh, Virginia Tech, arguably their best guy uh, on the defensive line, their their defensive tackle, Ray Vohasek. They're not very big on the defensive line. Uh, one of their uh, one of their sort of three slash five techniques, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, he's only about two hundred and seventy pounds, two hundred and seventy five pounds. So, you know, you're you're looking at a defensive line that you could see against Virginia Tech. That interior, you can kind of bully him if you've got the guys that that have the size and can get their hands on him. Vohasek uh, is the one guy that doesn't get bullied. He's he's the guy that'll be over uh, Marie Smith. Uh, at, at center he's the one guy you got to pay attention to on that defensive line and they've got a couple edge guys that can cause a little bit of difficulty in the past game uh, 12 on the edge uh, Tamon Fox is, is a player but they're not they're not real they're not really solid up front on the defensive on, on the defensive front and that gives you a chance to run on them a little bit the problem is that their two backers are really good. Uh, one of them might be a first rounder uh, uh, the um, Chaz Surratt guy Chaz Surratt is a he's he's he moves as well at linebacker as anybody in the country. I mean, he, he probably run, he'll probably run low four or five and uh, short shuttle. He, he's got a shot probably at, at, you know, breaking four in the short shuttle. He's super fluid. Uh, and at that, at about 230, 235. The, the best thing from a Florida State perspective is as good as their backers are in terms of getting to the ball and all that, they do sometimes overrun and they'll miss tackles. So you combine that. And I think there's some, some chances for some plays in the running game. And then, if they can get a one-on-one matchup here or there, they might be able to get a matchup against a safety or against Patrice Rene, who healthy, I would say, would be able to match up with anybody. But uh, with his knee injury, that I think that that's a that's a spot that they'll try to attack. So that's really where Florida State's best going to have their opportunities on defense. Now, if we switch to the other side, the problem is Carolina's offense doesn't really have any weaknesses or any strong weaknesses. They're a complete offense. They they they. Uh, I think you can make a case that their two running backs are, if not, if they're not the best tandem of running backs in the country, they're in the discussion. Uh, I think the, actually their number two running back, uh, Javante Williams, I, I studied his film this summer and I, I came out concluding that he's, 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 he's a probable multi-year NFL starter and has a chance of being, being a, a long-term NFL running back. I mean, however long-term a running back position actually is in the NFL, but you're looking at a guy that, that uh, has, great vision at about 220 pounds and just understands how to run under his pads. And he just, he consistently makes his offensive line look great. I mean, there may only be a sliver there and he'll find a way through at 220 and then be right into the secondary and he's a load. So, uh, and that that's, and then the other guy that they have is sort of a Carolina fans have compared him to Dalvin. I, I don't think that's fair because he doesn't have Dalvin's burst and, and you know, the, the long speed, but he's a really good player. Um, and, and so they've got two backs that really that's, you hear about Sam Howell and their receivers and they're good, but, but their offense really, they're going to, they're going to run the football. Uh, and it's because you look at that offensive line, the right side of that offensive line goes six, seven, three thirty, six, seven, three thirty five. And they averaged 14 yards a carry running right last week against Virginia Tech. So, yeah, that's that's what they're going to do best. And then you get to Sam Howell, who's a good quarterback. He's he's shown if you can get a little pressure on him, he last year and this year, that's the trick. He has struggled committing to coming down to the free stuff that you give him and checking down. He's really he's he's struggled to identify 
if you zone him, different things like that, if you zone blitz him, there are times where he'll lock in still on one receiver and, and you can play some games with him and maybe get him to turn the ball over. That's your best shot. But the problem is you're going to have to stop the run first. Uh, and I think with Florida State secondary, single cover those receivers, be willing to take, be willing to give them a couple deep shots and, and maybe be willing to give them a few plays downfield. And they're going to get a few of those but you just can't let them run the way they have. And, and they're going to have to commit to that. And Florida state's been so bad fitting against the run that that's the real concern. Jason. So to piggyback off that, first of all, man, I don't even remember. We both wrote for Noel digest at the same time around that we 2009, did. 2010 season. I don't yeah. know if you remembered me or not. Oh, I, you're I big remember. time now. You're big time now. So I was, no, so sure. are you. you, I mean, look at, look at the company you're surrounded <laughs> with here. Oh, Fred, Freddie makes us look good. He carries the box. I was going to say it's we, only, we got a former national <laughs> champion. <laughs> Wave but, that but, ring. What, but, but my question is kind of based on what you just said. Like, everybody talks about Sam Howell, and rightfully so, because he's a very good quarterback that was committed to Florida State. But I saw North Carolina run for 400 yards last week, running that same counter that Notre Dame likes to run that, that burned us. That scares the hell out of me, man. I'm more worried about North Carolina's rushing attack than That's their right. passing attack. Because our passing attack, why, why we give up a lot of – you know, short passes, they've been really good against explosive plays. They've not given up a lot of, you know, long plays. Obviously last week you could say Asante Samuel, that was OPI or not. That's just a good football play, but he was still in position. But man, that running attack scares the hell out of me. Talk to me about Florida State, not the defensive line, but our linebackers, because they're going to RPO us to death and you need good linebackers for that. How much should we be concerned? Do we have to talk about the Florida State linebackers? We unfortunately we had to. <laughs> oh man, I, I I I really should have brought some something for my stomach here. Um, they've been bad, man. You yeah. and and the problem is, at this point, they've tried just about every personnel combination they they've got at linebacker, trying to figure out like, can we plug this guy in at Mike and this guy at Will? Can we just you know let's go with the the youth, this guy at Mike and this guy. And nothing is working. And, and, you know, at least Amari at the, uh, at the, at the, at the stud position has stabilized that he's, he's a really good player and he's been reliable there, but those two interior backers, I mean, I, I broke down for, uh, for, for my Patreon people this week, a, a couple of the long plays that Notre Dame had, and you're right. One of them was, uh, was a, it was actually counter tray, but it's basically the same as power. It's just a matter of who's blocking edge versus lead. Um, they ran counter tray and the fits against that. It was a perfect defensive call. I mean, it was literally the, I mean, if you drew it up, my guess is that they already, that they knew situationally Notre Dame likes to run counter counter tray out of this formation in this situation. And they, they had the perfect call and both linebackers are essentially in the wrong gap. So you had Lundy go too wide. His job is to take on the is to take on the puller and box it, and he goes about two yards too wide, which opens up a nice seam. And then thirty two Dix winds up in all the trash and never even finds his way to his proper gap. And then you're looking at sixty yards later. I think that was a forty eight yarder, forty four yarder. That's a touchdown. And then the other one was a split zone where it was similar problems. You didn't take on the puller correctly. It was an H back puller. And the, the backer overran it. And then you had Marvin Wilson on skates about six yards outside of where he was supposed to be. And you're looking at this. And then I, I broke down two plays that North Carolina hit for long runs. 
And they're the same concepts. It's split zone and counter. You go, oh man, that's this could be ugly. And again, if you don't have backers that can actually identify the gap and 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 trigger downhill and meet a guy in the gap instead of first of all being late to identify. And that's some I think some of that is a, is a factor of being in a new system and guys just still thinking on their feet. They're, they don't know where they're supposed to be. But the, the, the other problem is you got guys running around blocks and just not playing physical. And that's the part that, you know, when I, when I've coached, I'll, I'll tell guys, like, if you, at least, if you don't know who you're supposed to block, at least hit somebody. If you don't know who you're supposed to tackle, if you're not in the right gap, at least be in the wrong place physically, right? Be physical, be wrong, physical. And Florida state's backers have not been that so far this year. And that, that, that's been a problem. And you combine that with some of the issues up front uh, in terms of, of uh, the defensive line, not, not living up to what it should be. And it's a real concern because Carolina, what they're going to do in their running game is they're going to try to isolate those backs against those backers. They're going to, they, they want that one-on-one matchup against the backers and against the safeties. And they think that their backs are going to win. If you get, you know, Lars would be coming down from the buck safety one-on-one, they feel like their backs are going to win in that matchup. And that's all they're trying to set up in their scheme. So Jason, I mean, obviously you, you played wide receiver at Florida state. So you've been in these meeting rooms Um, coming into the season, obviously no media could uh, go watch practice. So we had to go on what everybody was hearing from sources and none of us are are claiming sources on this podcast, but we, we read them all. We thought our defensive line was going to be top 10 in the country. What, in your opinion, what is wrong with this defensive line and more specifically not to call the guy out, but Marvin Wilson could have been potentially a first round draft pick last year. And he's just not doing himself any favors. He still has seven games. So you still have a chance Marvin to, to kind of get there, but, but what's going on with this defense line is on, you know, obviously you're pretty involved with Florida state, you know, the Twitter, you know, FSU Twitter, it's, it's a big deal. Half people are blaming coaches. Half the people are blaming players. I think it's somewhere in between, Again, you've been in these meeting rooms. You still coach football. You know North Carolina. You know Florida State. What are your opinion on that, man? Because that, that's that's a cause for concern heading into this game. I think it's a combination of factors. I mean, some of it is on the players themselves just for not doing their jobs. I mean, there are times where you can look at what's happening. And I mean, it's all the problem is it's multivariate. It's not like you can boil it down to like it's one thing, right? Because on one play, you look at it and you're like, man, both defensive tackles stood straight up and they're peeking. They're trying to see where the back's going. And the thing about that is when you're doing this, when you're peeking, all of a sudden you're on skates because your job is to play low and play through your gap. And to, you know, and even if you're two gapping, you're supposed to control your guy and, and, and reestablish the line of scrimmage. And one of the things you've got to coach out of guys on the, on the defensive line is trying to peek to, tr- to figure out where the ball's going and trying to make a play yourself. If you do your job, the play will, the, you, you'll, the play is going to get made, whether you, whether it's you that make it, it it's going to, if it's your play to make, you'll make it just by doing your job. And I see a lot of guys that are trying to make plays rather than just doing their job. And, and some of that comes with, also some, some fundamentals issues that are showing up. I mean, I, I get the impression that a lot of these guys that they haven't done a, lo- a whole lot of board drills, maybe in a few years, because I see a lot of high pad level and that's not been Odell's trademark over the years. So, I mean, this is not, this is not what we're used to seeing from his group, but there's a high pad level and, and just some technical stuff that, that I'm seeing. And then you compound that with some of these guys, to me, to my eye, they look fat. 
they don't look like they came into camp and into the season super in shape. And so that's impacting how quickly they're getting off the ball. That's impacting their ability to carry their weight with, with, with speed and, and with, with power. And so it's the physical thing. And then something else that I've identified just over the past couple of years, and I, I flagged it in one of the videos that I did for today, uh, that, I, that I released today, is I see a lot of these guys that, to me, to my eye, they look like they're having trouble bending. So I don't see the power in the hips and the, you know, uh, you know, Freddie, you're, you're post mat drills, but uh, you probably heard this from heard Odell scream over the years, bend your knees. You probably heard that (laughs) right over and over and over again. I mean, I, I I can't tell you, I've got, I like, I still hear that voice at times. And I see a lot of these guys that are bending at the weight at the waist rather than at the hips and in the knees. And I think to, to be honest, it's it's showing that that this offseason and before and, and before these guys, to my eye, don't look like they adequately trained the 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 bend and flexibility through the lower half that they really need to have. I mean, you you look at that. That's true of the ends too. Both Kando and and Janarius, to to my eye, look really stiff. And when when you see them go to bend, you don't see them drop their hips drop their knees and really flex through in that athletic position, you see them drop their shoulders first and they're playing with high hips and low shoulders when they, when they are playing with low pad level. And I think that's true across the board. And that to me is reflective of bad strength and conditioning over the past couple of years where they just didn't, they didn't get that worked into them as much. And I think that probably is exacerbated by guys not doing their doing enough work, doing the proper things at the proper level of effort over, over the COVID stuff. So all of that stuff combined, and then you get to, it's the first year under a new staff and they're having to teach these guys and all that. And I suspect that there's been some disconnect there. I, I mean, I, you've got to, at this point, this far into the season, if, if guys are in the wrong gaps, that's starting to be, that that's on you as a coaching staff as well. You've got to make sure that when, when this guy pulls, this guy knows he's got, to, he's got to scrape over and be in that gap. And if he's not in that gap, that's now on you. There's, you, know, you start to get to the place where it's no longer blamable on prior staff or on prior uh, circumstances. And that stuff should start getting cleaned up. You know, if this staff is as good as, as what they should be, that stuff, that stuff should start getting cleaned up as the season goes. And you'll see fewer of those mistakes just in terms of technique and, and not being in the right gap. But that's also been added in to some of the other, the other stuff that I, that I led with. So it's a, it's, it's sort of a, a perfect storm for things not to be for people, for these players not to live up to their potential. Um, I know we've talked about the, the run being a major issue. We're going to have to deal with this game. But one of the things I'm worried about also is when we go into man and these match coverages, are these guys passing off these these rub routes like that? We struggle with that on Notre Dame's first touchdown. You have um, the man across the board. We got one a one hole player and Leonard Warner. He clearly has a back, but his back stays in to protect. This is Leonard's play to stop. They run a curl route with his tight end to block off Warner, set low pick route. Yeah, it's just and a he match. doesn't see him. He yeah. doesn't see him. And by the time he does see him, this guy's crossing off. He beats Emmett Rice inside, but he's a free player. He's supposed to help Emmett out on that play. He yeah, he's, play. Supposed, he's supposed to be the rat there. And yeah. and, and he's supposed to and, – and the thing that I I'm, I was most upset about when I watched that is if you're coaching that backer 
and you see mesh as you see that you've got it, you should recognize it. I mean, that's mm -hmm. where you're first looking is you're looking at number twos on each side. And when you see them both coming in, you should be thinking mesh, especially given that Notre Dame runs a heck out of it. And now what you're trying to figure out is, okay, who do I, who do I clock? Cause you can, before the ball's in the air, you can, you can put your shoulder right into that guy and knock him down. What you can't do is step forward right into the path of your own guy. If you're going to make a mistake, make it physical. Yeah, that, that's freaking like, crazy. The, it just killed me. I was watching it a bit today and I'm just looking back. I saw it in the game, but just watching it today it killed me because I'm like, is, is, and I knew what happened, but you watch the film, you're like, man, there's no way he doesn't see this. And then he, he sees it later and look, the easiest touchdown they could have ever got. Our, if they if we get in a situation where we have to pass this up, I don't know if our guys can do it. Like, they've shown us that they can't do it. So how do we adjust to that? Like, that's that's a that's a trick question, really. Yeah, I mean, that, the problem is that that's another play where if you're if you're a defensive coordinator and they're running mesh into a robber rat look, you feel comfortable there. Because you 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 feel like your 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 robber or your rat is going to be able to to handle anything that's coming into the middle there and take that away, and that you can bully that underneath receiver and you've got a trailer. You're you're in great position. That's exactly what you're hoping for. So you can't call your way out of this because you're the right call is not working. So, you know, to me the the question is, what you know you're going to have to at some point find personnel that are going to be able to do it. And if, the, if that guy's not going to do it, you have to find somebody that's going to. And if it's a young guy that's not doing it just because he's not quite quite there, maybe you have to just keep keep losing with the young guy until he gets it. Because some of these guys, I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, Warner's an older guy. He should be able to do that, even in the newer system. I mean, that's, that's, that's fundamentals. I mean, if you're teaching that coverage in high school, you're telling that guy, read twos on each side and – take a look at where the quarterback is and now you're playing downhill into that underneath receiver you know at that point you've got to find other personnel and you know you the other thing is maybe you you figure out like you you start to and, and they've got an analyst for this I don't have enough time to do it but you start to figure out okay here are the two things we've asked this guy to do that he's actually been able to do this <laughs> so when we're going to try to do those things we're going to try to make sure that guy's on the field for that and this guy here, well, he sucks at that, but at least he can do this. And you start to try to shuffle personnel. And they, you could see them starting to do some of that against Notre Dame, trying to shuffle personnel based on situation and all that, trying not to put guys in bad positions. But it's a catch-22. I mean, if you don't have players that can execute basic stuff, you can't, you can't coach around that. You have to coach it into them in practice until they can do it. And, you know, that's where Marv has to earn his money. And I think he's a really dang good coach. He's going to have to earn his money getting these linebackers to figure out how, how to handle this stuff and how to recognize it quickly. Moving back over to the offensive side of the ball, we obviously expect the defense to struggle and, and not have a, a ton of success, right? We'll, we can knock on wood and just pray that things just obviously flip a switch. But can the offense, how successful can the offense be without Terry? Like what, what, how successful can Florida state's offense be against this defense? If, if the game does kind of turn into a shootout type game, um, what do you expect, you know, out of that side of the ball, maybe in a best case scenario, a shootout type game that we probably will, will need to get into to, to try and win. So best case scenario means that the quarterback's hand is in, in, a, in, a, in good enough shape that he's able to throw with some accuracy. That's, that's part of it. 
Um, I, you know, I'm not sure we're going to see enough of that, but we'll just, we'll just operate under best case scenario. Best case scenario is, is uh, that Norvell comes in and basically spread options them to death and tries to take advantage of that defensive front over and over and over again by with basically counter read, read, uh, you know, uh, 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 zone read, uh, you know, some of the, some of the, the run game variety that he has in his offense. And, and, and I actually, this summer talked to Jay Bateman, interestingly, the defensive coordinator for North, for North Carolina, who I think is a really good coach. Uh, I talked to him about his past and he, he's coached against Norvell in the past. And he, the first thing he said was, oh man, Norvell, he's really, he's really good at finding ways to run the football. Like the, no matter the personnel, whatever, he will find a way cre- to be creative and find rushing yards. That's what he's really good at. And he's hard to defend in the running game because he's really creative there. And they do a great job of coaching their front and their backs to be able to, to, to get yards. So Nor- that's Bateman telling you what Norvell does best. And that's what the Florida state offense does best right now. And with Travis, they're going to have to find ways to chip away and, you know, get, get into space with, with, uh, with the quarterback run game with, with the backs, you're going to want to go two backs a bunch in this game and try to find ways to take advantage of, of some of the softness up front. That's, that's really all they've got. Now, I think they've got a couple receivers who can help compensate for the lack of Terry. I mean, Terry is, is, is obviously their best deep threat, but they've got some guys that can actually, that can hurt you downfield. Uh, I mean, Warren Thompson's actually capable of doing it. It's just a matter of whether he catches it when you get it to him. Uh, you know, uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, uh, is, is, uh, is, is quite good downfield as well. I mean, he can run, run. I'm talking about, really run and we haven't you know fans haven't seen him really run the way that he can uh so they've got some guys that can play what they're going to have to do is find a way like i said earlier on top of all that focus on making sure that they run and possess the ball and take advantage of the softness up front they're going to have to find a way to scheme the right matchup and ideally you get a matchup against one of the safeties with one of the guys that you really want so that's don chapman uh you've got uh, number two is one of them and the other one uh, 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 what's his name his name's failing me but he was a transfer from from Auburn um, the other safety if you can get a matchup on their safeties any safety but four four is a good four is a good cover player either of the other two safeties if you can get a single single coverage matchup on them you can beat them deep and so that's that's really where you can try to get a little half roll off of action or whatever and get the right slot matchup against a safety. That's where you can cause some problems for the North Carolina defense. And, and I, I expect to see Norvell do some of that with uh, this is a game, maybe for some posts for some uh, deep over, you know, where you got the cross country route or uh, he'll, he'll run. He, one of his favorite concepts is he'll run posts from one side of the field and an over on the other side, kind of put the safeties in a bind. And this is this is a game where I think that's a good a good concept to to play with Notre Dame or with uh, North Carolina, given what they've got in the deep middle. And that's really where you're going to want to attack that defense. So, Jason, we we were talking a little bit before you hopped on and I, I was a little aggressive. Right. I, I said when Tamar and Terry, when I heard the news, he was out. My score prediction changed by about 10 points because I think offensively. 
what he can do potentially a long touchdown or a big play to flip the field. In addition to what North Carolina has to do defensively, you know, that you, you defend Florida state defense or you, you defend the Florida state offense differently without number five on the field. So I, I put my score by about 10 points. Am I extremely overvaluing the, the, the value of Tamari and Terry? Um, Cause TJ said I was, I don't know where I'm at right now. I think that's a huge deal. What do you think it point wise? What do you think it makes for the score differential at the end? I think you're overvaluing him some. Uh, okay. I, I would say, I, I would say actually about a three point difference. It would be about where I would put it. Uh, now the thing is that's on average, right? So yeah. in a given game, he might be worth 14 because you might get the Terry that we've seen in some games where he just absolutely runs by people, but we haven't seen that Terry yet this year. He's been dinged up all year. And, and, you know, in the first game that was that his grandmother had died that morning. So, I mean, he's had, he's had a rough time off the field uh, as well as on, I mean, he was close from what I understand with her. So, you know, this is one of those things where you never w- want to rip a guy just because he's not playing up to expectations. Cause there's other stuff and uh, you know, he's been dinged up. He's played through injury. Uh, and then he's had some other, other, other things that he's had to deal with off the field. And we haven't seen Tamori and Terry at his best this year. We've seen, you know, what he did last week against Notre Dame was like 70% to Maury and Terry. Now that's and I thought, still and to say, Jason, like I thought that was his best game in Florida state, man, nine targets. It, it might've been 146 yards. But like you said, we know he was not hundred percent. So imagine hundred percent to Maury and Terry in this offense. Right. But the thing is he was going to be, you know, the same 70%. And yeah. I think Carolina's main cover guy that they were going to put on him is a little better than Notre Dame's. So, uh, yeah. You know, that's the question is, can you get close to 70% Terry with, with some combination of some of the other guys? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're quite, they, they have anybody that's quite that good, but I don't, but I do think that they can get, you know, 50% Terry, <laughs> something like that by cobbling together some of these guys. And most so, teams would take that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I think you put a combination of pokey and, and Jordan and, uh, and, some of these guys out there and, you know, Portier is an interesting guy just because of his ability to, to make some plays down the field, contested catch type stuff. He just doesn't have Terry's long speed. Uh, not many people that size do, but ultimately I think they can find ways to, to create some problems. And then there's also the game theory question of North Carolina is going to defend them differently, which means you might actually have some more shot opportunities for some of these guys. So you know, there may be a little bit less there in the running game because Terry's not there, but paradoxically, there may actually be a few more opportunities in the deep passing game because he's not there and they might defend him a little differently. So I'd say about three points uh, is on average uh, about what I'd expect given 70% Terry. If we're talking about 100% Terry, then you might be right, but we haven't seen that. Yeah. Flipping over to Another conference, probably the game of the year this year is Bama, Georgia. What are your quick thoughts on that? And then we've got an over under game. We'll play and get you out of here. Is Ditka full size? Uh, you know, so no, Saban, Saban's not coaching in this one. So that'll be interesting. Uh, same deal as, uh, as what Norvell had a couple of weeks ago. I, I do wonder how much that impacts Alabama. I think this might be the first game in um, five years that Alabama hasn't been the more talented roster. That, that says a lot. And it might be longer than that. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only teams that have been close 
I mean, I think you could argue for Clemson starters in the team that beat Alabama a couple of years ago with uh, with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, that overall the starters there were, were, were better when you factor in where the best players were on the defensive line and at quarterback. But Alabama overall still had a stronger roster. So that's an interesting thing. The question is, will Georgia, will, will Kirby let his his guys take the governor off offensively enough to basically challenge the Alabama defense the way that it needs to be challenged uh will they basically trust that quarterback to to beat Alabama the way that he needs to and can they you know should they that's the real question for me because I think across the line of scrimmage both teams are really good I think I think actually Georgia if you look at the line of scrimmage is a little stronger than Alabama this year on both sides. Uh, you know, that offensive line for, for Georgia is probably the top two or three in the country. Uh, and they've been schooled by who I think is the best offensive line coach in the country the past few years. Now he's not there this year, but all those guys got schooled mm-hmm. by him the last three years with Sam Pittman. Uh, and so they're really good up front. They've got really good backs. So, I think this is going to be, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably the game of the year. It's going to be a, a, a one, one that I will want to watch just to hear the pads pop because those teams are going to be physical. Uh, but I, I think I might actually favor Georgia in this game. And I don't want to because I think Alabama's got the better quarterback. But I think across the board, Georgia has the one defense that I've watched this year where I watch and I'm like, dang, they've got, players who are like NFL, like legit early round NFL players at every level. And even at, even with Bama, they, you know, the best corner in the game, the two best corners in this game are probably playing for Clemson or I'm sorry for, uh, for Georgia. I'm tired, man. Uh, but the two best corners in this game are playing for Georgia. Uh, the arguably the two best defensive linemen in this game playing for Georgia. So you start to look, go down the list. And I think, I think I'm going to favor Georgia. I'll give, I'll give it, uh, I'll go Georgia by say three points, something like, you know, 20, I'll go, I'll go 31, 31, 30, 30, I'll go 31, 30, uh, Georgia, just go by a point. Ooh. Cause I think it's close, but I'm going to go with Georgia to win it. It's a perfect transition because I, I picked Georgia outright before we had you on the show. I just, I think Georgia is the best team in the country. Um, who was it? Freddie that joined me in picking Georgia. Yeah, I like Georgia this game. Yeah, so me and Freddie were the only two that picked Georgia. Uh, TJ and Harlan are big on Bama. Man, I, I'm taking I Georgia, Georgia outright. Co- I picked Georgia to cover, Mr. Big on Bama. No, you I'm made it sound bad. like Bama's – like, they got this. Come on. Own it. Own it, TJ. Yeah, but yeah, you, I know I, you but I didn't say, I didn't say that. But... You pick both sides of the spread every chance you get, but not tonight. Not this one. No, I just took Georgia to cover. I mean, I, I just right. said UGA. But th- this is not an Alabama-Georgia podcast. And while we have Doc Staples on here, uh, Jason, we do it over-under every week. So I'm going to recap last week real quick, and then you'll be our guest picker this week. We pick five stats from the game, and uh, – you know, I, I make them up every week, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here throwing out random numbers. But last week, real quick, uh, we said Jordan Travis, 21 and a half passing attempts. TJ took the over. Freddie and I took the under. TJ got the TJ got that point with uh, 24 passing attempts. Uh, Florida State, 150 and a half rushing yards. TJ took the under. Freddie and I took the over, 199. Freddie and I hit there. 
Notre Dame, two and a half, four, fourth down conversions. We all took the under. They had one, so we all hit that. Ian Book, 275.5 passing yards. I was probably a little heavy on that um, at 275, but TJ and Freddie both took the over. I took the under. It was at 201. And the uh, the last one, TJ and Freddie both got me here. It was Florida State, 14 and a half points. I picked the under. You both picked the over, obviously 26 points. So a season recap, uh, TJ is at 18, Freddie's at 15, I'm at 16. And now we have Jason Staples, Doc Staples on to pick this week with us. You ready, Jason? I doubt it, but well, let's go ahead and do it anyway. I make up random lines, so it's, who knows what to pick, but we'll get right into it. And I'm going to let you start, Jason. Um, my first one is LaDamian Webb. 45 and a half rushing yards, not yards from scrimmage, but just rushing yards this week. Mm. So he had 59 against Notre Dame. I'm going to go with the over. All right. Freddie, where are you at, man? Yeah, I'll take him for the over. TJ? TJ, you're on mute. Did you hear me? No, no I said no, over. over. All right. So, so everyone's on the over. Notre I'm, Dame's I'm gonna be... defense is better than North Carolina's. I'm going to be sneaky and take the under just because I need to make up some points here. All right. Uh, North Carolina, this is a tough one. I'll go first since I went last on this one. 225.5 rushing yards. This is tough because if they wanted to, they could, in my opinion. Um, You do have Sam Howell, so then maybe they want to get him going a little bit. I'm going to take the under reluctantly. Um, Freddie, what are you thinking? Over. Over? All right. Uh, Doc Staples, where were we at, man? So is this for uh, for a half or for for the whole game? <laughs> for the whole game, and, and I'm I'm the I'm that guy. I'm not counting sack yards, so it's just true rushing yards. Yeah, I'm going with the over all day on this. All right, TJ, over. All right, next one. I think this this one will probably generate the most conversation on our platform um, for anybody who listens to this. But I don't know if you guys noticed, Chubba Purdy's mom and his sister both tweeted out that they're on their way to Tallahassee. I know it is parents weekend, so so that it may mean nothing. But Chubba Purdy, 0.5 snaps from center for the whole game. TJ, where are you at? I got under. All right. Freddie. Yeah, I'm going to take under as well. Um, Before I go to Doc, because I feel like it's cheating if I go to him. I'm going to take the over. I think he sees a snap. Uh, Jason Staples, where you at, man? Do you think, does Chubba see any snaps at all? I think you might see a snap. So I'm going to go with the over. All right. I got the expert agreeing with me. That feels good. Um, this next one, this is going to be tough because I, I don't even know why I said it at this, but I, I think it's a good number. Uh, and we'll go to Jason since he was last on the last one. North Carolina yard or pl- plays of 20 or more yards from scrimmage at five and a half. I know this. it's an explosive offense, Jason. Will they get six or more? I'll say over. All right. I'm also taking the over, and that's more on Florida State's defense because it – oh, man, I want to believe, but I got to see it first. Freddie. Um, After what we showed last week, it's going to be <laughs> tough. Um, we might have – we might have – 10 may have been still a good one. Like, yeah, that 10 um, might be the number for me because, yeah, it you got they're gonna have to show me that before I believe in, in anything about that defense again. That's fair, that's fair, man. TJ, are you, are you gonna make it a right with you, here? Are you gonna? I'm trying to look real quick and I'm almost done, so I know this is terrible live radio. So, Notre Dame 
from I, I could have miscounted on this, but unless I miscounted twice, Notre Dame had four of them, right? A lot mm-hmm. of plays for like 10 and 15 and 17, but Notre Dame only had four. Uh, so I'm going to take the under. All right. So we do have a little contrarian going on. There we go. All right. So the next one. So the longest, um, not longest play, but the longest pass play from scrimmage for Florida State, 34 and a half yards. TJ, no Tamari and Terry. That's got to be huge. Over. All right. Uh, Freddie, where you at, man? Yeah, I'll take over with this. All right. Uh, Doc Staples. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over just because I think Travis has been better throwing deep down on the field than he has on other stuff. So, I mean, if he's going to, if he's going to have completions, especially given some of the stuff that they've had with their safeties, a couple of them are probably going to be on the deeper side. It's it's the bigger question is, can he consistently, you know, get, can he actually get his completion percentage up on the other stuff? Yeah. But I, I think they'll, I think they'll hit a big player too. I think my worry here is that, they'll see like a, a third and 14 go for like a 40 yard pass on a screen. Right. Um, I, I, I think my, my second biggest worry, I don't know how healthy Jordan Travis can be that it's only one play and it's a catch and run, but I'm going to take the under just because again, we're trying to pick up points on the season. It, it, this is a game. It, it's just, it's just chess, not checkers guys. I, I'm trying to look at the whole big picture here. Um, so I'll take the under, although I do think you guys are probably right. Um, and the we'll question go right about Travis' our... health, by the way, is one of the yeah. reasons why I picked the possibility. I'm, I'm siding with the possibility of uh, a Purdy playing at least one snap. I agree. No, I, I feel the same way. I know his hand, and I know he came out and said he's 100%, but he ran the ball 19 times against a really physical defense last week, and it, he's going to be tasked to run the ball a lot again if Florida State wants to have any chance to win this game. So I think that, man, it's it's tough. I don't. I think he's going to come out for at least one play, maybe one series. You're not going to throw Blackman or Rotomaker out there if Purdy is ready to go. That's why That's why I threw that line out there, and that's why I took the over, because I do think Purdy gets one snap. And I saw, let's be honest, he's got a really attractive mom and sister. I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I saw it. I'm, I'm going to throw out there. My wife won't be mad at me because she, she knows I look around a little bit, but I, that's all I do. So, so yeah, we'll go with uh, Purdy on the over there. And uh, we'll go right into there from our score predictions. So I think we should go straight with our guest, uh, Jason Staples. Man, what, what's the final score going to look like? I've gone back and forth on this a bunch because, you know, the question is how much do I trust? So I think Carolina is going to score a lot of points in this game. Agree. <laughs> I've already said that, yeah. you know, I've already indicated that and that I think Florida State is going to have a hard time stopping the running game. So, you know, the question is how, many, how much can Florida State match scores against that defense? Uh, and like I said, I really respect that defensive coordinator. Uh, so I think he'll have some things to help slow them down. But I'm, I'm going to go with a higher scoring game. I think, they'll, I think this is one of those games where you, you take the over. Uh, I think the over was, what, about 63, uh, 63 and a half. And, and I think ago, this, yeah, for sure. I, I think this is an over, a real threat to win the, to go with the over. I'm going to go with North Carolina 45 uh, Florida State 31. Hey. Okay. That was TJ's or Freddie. Freddie, is that what you picked? Yeah. Yeah, we, we picked this earlier in our group chat. I think that's Freddie's exact score. Freddie, you know ball, man. <laughs> so, Freddie, is- elaborate on that because I obviously I think you had the same score, but tell us what you think about it, man. Yeah, I think we're going to get some things going, but 
looking at UNC, we won't really be able to slow them down much in this running game. Like Jason was saying, our run fits and our eye discipline is horrible. Guys are overrunning plays. They're running counters and guys are running backside. It's a simple counter play. It's not like they're running double reverses. I'm not understanding where guys are looking. So if that's what UNC is running and we struggled with it last week with Notre Dame, I'm worried about it. So I think they pull away from us later. TJ? Um, yeah, I just don't think our offense is enough to keep up. I like 41-31. So it's very rare that I'm the pessimist of, of this group because I'm like, I picked us to beat Miami dumbass move on my part, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so did Freddie. Freddie's laughing, but he picked us too. Oh, yeah, I picked us, man. I could, at I the just, same time, I it, Miami, it's, it's really hard to pick Miami on anything, man. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. But man, so like heading, like on Monday of this week, I was thinking something like 41 to 33 ish. Um, I, I, I'm probably overvaluing tomorrow and Terry too much, but I think he makes that big of a difference. Uh, I'm going North Carolina, 45, Florida state, 24. I hope I'm wrong. I, I just, I think we have more three and outs because we don't have him and we have less touchdown opportunities because he's not either opening the field up or breaking it wide open himself. So I, I have North Carolina by 21. I, I I'm picking them to cover the spread. Prove me wrong. I, I want to be wrong so badly here. I want to be able to celebrate Saturday night, a win over a top five team, but I, I just can't pick it until I see some progress at this point. We all have North Carolina winning. I hope you guys are much closer on your final score predictions because that'll make it better for all of us, right? Because we all have a podcast. Jason, you have the Unconquered podcast. We all have our, our, our shows. Um, I'm looking forward to it, though. I, I'm going, I would not be surprised if, you know, five minutes before kickoff, after I've gone to the brewery and had a few IPAs, I'm like, you know what? I think we're going to win this game. But my official prediction, 45-24 North Carolina. Jason Staples, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Shout out your podcast. Shout out where people can follow you, where they can find your work. And uh, thanks for hanging out tonight. Yeah, easiest, oh, place is, easiest place is at the Unconquered podcast. In uh, That's the uh, that's the actual podcast for that that i uh, do florida state stuff also have a patreon page for that uh, patreon.com slash unconquered podcast and then of course over at twitter at doc staples and i've also got a lot of stuff up on north carolina so if, if you're actually a, a 24 7 vip member you can go and, and find all my stuff i did i actually did a, a breakdown of all but i think one starter or two starters for north carolina did it basically nfl style scouting report uh, through their roster for, for, for their site and uh, have broken down multiple plays per week for them. So if you actually really want to know what is going on for North Carolina with a little bit of uh, video in there uh, to see what they actually are going to be putting on the field, then you can go ahead, go ahead over there as well and take a look at what, uh, what, what I put up for them. So that's basically it. Awesome. Thanks, Jason, man, man. Thanks. You've been great, Jason. I really appreciate it. And who would have thought, you know, 12 years after the fact of, uh, the defunct now scout.com we're, we're here on a podcast together, man. Hey, that, 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 that site had a lot more talent than, than it had, uh, than it had subscribers, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you so. think it was like, I'm not trying to toot my horn, but I think it was solid. You were obviously great. We had McKinley roll Myron's brother, man, but we had a good thing going. We just, yeah, we had a lot traction. of, we had, we had a lot of solid, solid people. I yeah. mean, Fishbine who who's been doing some yeah. stuff lately as well. I mean, there were a lot of people over there that, that have done quality work for years and, uh, Absolutely, uh, you know, a good group of people. So I, I kind of miss that uh, those days in some ways, but oh well. 
Yeah. Well, it's good reconnecting with you, man. I appreciate Likewise. it. We, I know Freddie and TJ appreciate it. You were great today. Nobody else covers Florida State and North Carolina the way you do. So you were the easy option for us to try and get. So thank you for responding to Freddie and coming on tonight, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, bud. Hey, enjoy the rest of the night. You too. Jason Staples of the Unconquered Podcast. Really good breakdown, like you said, of North Carolina, the game this weekend. Uh, we've got some other FSU news kind of going on, but this is really more the preview social. We'll, we can get into that more on Sunday if you guys are okay with it. Um, yeah. But again, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash double fries pod if you enjoy the work we're putting out and want a little bit extra, a little bit of extra sauce. Go check that out and subscribe there. Please like, share, um, retweet all those things on our Facebook, uh, like our Instagram, follow us on Facebook. All of it is double fries pod. Um, you guys have any shout outs before we get out of here? Oh, shout out to moms. It was a birthday yesterday. Um, I'm going to probably go back to the house and eat some more of that cake. Shout out to moms. <laughs> Let's go. Richie. That's awesome, man. Good for you. I, I got nothing. You know, the Astros, they got us again tonight. That's okay. Two to win better, one. That's all better, we need. Two to win one. Better win tomorrow because if it goes to game seven, it's going to get weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting to do this. Um, shout out my Lakers win the NBA title. Followed up after my Lightning won the NHL title. Um, and I'm hoping the Rays can kind of come back. So I'm playing. We are the champions to get out of here. Um, that works for me, man. We'll you see deserve, you guys hey, on. I, I know you're spoiled as a young kid with all these championships, and you went through a dark area, and now you're back. So it, I'm not We're mad back. Florida State's coming back soon. But I'm excited to get back Saturday night, hopefully for a positive one. I know we all predicted a negative one, but that's why they play the games. North Carolina, they're not an unbeatable team. We can beat them. There's a path. I just don't see it right now based on what we've seen. But I cannot wait to get on Saturday night around 11 and tell you why I was wrong. I can't wait to hear that either. So I'm all about it. So, all right, Harlan, you engaged young son of a gun. Play us out.